everyone. It's Michelle Thompson here with Around the ACL. I am joined by Anthony Ione and Trey Ryder. And we are getting ready for our open coming up this weekend. Lots of exciting stuff happening in Cornhole. But first of all, how are we doing today? How's it going, Trey? It's it's good. It's a it's a it's a good day. I, mean, I finally recovered from Las Vegas, people. Right. I finally, <laughs> just calmed down a little bit. I, I slept about eighty-seven hours this weekend. It felt like so. I am uh, I, I I'm good to go now. <laughs> it's interesting how different it is. Like for me, I was tired the next day, the next day, the next day, but Nick wasn't. And then like on Thursday, he hit a wall. <laughs> he could not barely get home from work. He's falling asleep. How about for you, Anthony? All recovered? Yeah, all recovered. Uh, spent a lot of time, you know, more watching games and making content. So I'm excited this week. I'm actually going to play a little bit. I'm going to try and practice some this week. Uh going to do my first weekend tournament uh, this weekend. So I'm getting terrible. I got to start practicing more. <laughs> I was going to say, you went from state champion to analyst pretty quickly, Anthony. I pretty suck. quickly. I suck now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we, I had messaged Anthony over the weekend because I unconsciously changed my grip somehow. I didn't mean to. It just happened. And I was like, what do I do? I suck. And Anthony said, you got to work through the suck. You just got to yeah. do it. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now. Suck. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Fortunately for this weekend, no one's working through the suck. That's just us. Um, but we've got the <laughs> open number eight coming up. Uh, this is going to be in Olaf, Kansas. Is that, is that that's how you say it? This is, this is a place I've never heard of. Uh, anyone know anything about this location? Yeah, it's going to be at one of the home field uh, home field facilities. So home field is kind of like this really cool new indoor sporting facility. So they have like baseball and, and batting cages. They have basketball courts, volleyball. It's like this really, it's a sports complex. And so there's, I think, three different home fields. One of them is in Kansas City. One of them is in Olaf. And I think there's another one in a different location. So this is specifically the one in, in uh, Olaf, Kansas. Well, that sounds cool. All right. Well, let's start with you, Anthony. What are your general thoughts about this coming up uh, open? Yeah, general thoughts. So we're at number eight of 16. So this is kind of our halfway point through the open series. Um, just kind of looking through the roster. So we got a, we got a, a sneak peek at who's registered already. My overall thought, Trey, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it kind of felt like a pretty weak field. I mean, there's talent. Don't get me wrong. It's just not as deep. So even if we just kind of, as an example, let's look at doubles. The top 16 doubles teams after nationals, number one, nowhere to be found in the field. I mean, you got to scroll down to like the 17th to 20th rank before you finally see a pro team registered. Your top pros uh, coming in, uh, like doubles, for example, you got Foreman and Little John, Fuentes and Cox. I mean, even in the amateur field, it's not really deep in talent. So I don't know, Misha, maybe this week as we get a little bit closer, that changes if more people registered. But for right now, uh, it's kind of wide open. Hmm. Interesting. Do you find that same thing, Trey? Yeah, it was weird. I expect, you know, the Midwest is, but I think part of it is because the Midwest has such a, a big player base. You have a lot of the Midwestern players coming out to play in this open. So it's going to be interesting to see if you have uh, them just coming out in waves. Now, I think this is going to be a big opportunity. I said before the season start, we would not see a non-professional player win pro uh, win open singles or level one singles at one of these events 
if there's going to be an opportunity, I think it's actually the, the best opportunity of the season thus far is going to be this open. I think the amateur field is the largest in comparison and direct ratio to the pro players. So it, this is the opportunity. If you're a non-pro player and you want to win an open event, you know, this is going to be the best way to do it. It's going to help a lot of those non-pro players trying to get in, get some open points, an opportunity for us to learn some new names, um, and, and maybe an opportunity for some of these mid-tier pro teams to, to really make a big run that can help them build some, some momentum if, for example, they didn't start the first national of the season off on the right foot. Yeah, that's a good point. So what are some doubles that you think we should watch out for, Trey? Doubles, uh, honestly, I, I have a huge eyes right now on Matthew Creekiller and Jacob Foreman. I went up to them straight up and in and, and, and Vegas. I got a bone to pick with you two. Okay? <laughs> I've been talking nonstop about you two, and you go and go, what, one and two? I mean, what is that bananas? All right. So I had, I had a stern talking to with uh, Creek Killer and Foreman. I think they got to be legitimately top three team going to this event, top three favorite, um, possibly to win. It would not shock me at all if they win this event. Tubby Cobb and Tice Cobb. Tubby Cobb actually had a pretty decent Vegas statistically. Tice Cobb was bad. I mean bad. I'm talking of eight pages of st statistics on pros, page number eight. Wow. So he was statistically bottom 10 in the entire pro division. For a player that won an open in singles last season, for him yep. to be bottom 10 statistically, ouch. So I think they have to bounce back. And I think Tubby would even say, he Tubby even came up to me at the National and said, hey, look at my statistics and doubles. I said, well, where'd you finish? He said, I didn't say, look at where I finished. I said, look at my statistics and doubles. So <laughs> that tells me Tubby's putting a little pressure on younger brother Tice to kind of get it together and deliver that. I'm watching them. Foreman and Little John, another team that had a big run in Las Vegas. Anthony hit the nail on the head with Ryan Littlejohn being a player to really watch out for. He had some health issues last year. Rolling into this season, he was throwing at a very high level. Um, so, so, so those three are kind of eyes to watch us and certainly some other teams, Morrison, Almanza, Power and Shermerhorn, but, but ultimately those are the three I'm kind of, I got my specific eye on heading into, uh, this open number eight. You're all, Morris, Almanza, Hyatt, Keck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you found the Len, Len Hyatt, Josh Keck. I should start. Josh is in the office next to me. I should just yell through the wall, see if he can hear me, but, uh, yeah, he's well, apparently... I feel bad for Len Hyatt. That's all I got to say. That's where I was actually going to start with was Josh Keck. And I didn't even know Josh threw bags. I mean, exactly. what's going on? Same. He, he, he doesn't. He's. I'll put it this way. Josh Keck is 0 for 5 his last five attempts against Trey Ryder in the HQ. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. That's, that's the stuff. bar. That's, <laughs> that's I, what we're, we're talking about. Exactly. It makes sense. I mean, I thought that was one to watch out for. I guess not. What do you think, Anthony? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's good for Josh, right? A little work and a little play in the same weekend. Also, I saw Joe Harsh in the mix, too. It's like uh, all the ACL directors are coming in here and uh, doing some work in, in brackets. Um, yeah, same thing as you, Trey. Uh, cop sighting as well. I've got my eyes on them. Nothing much yet in open play and doubles. 
You already mentioned a rough showing, 97th ranked after Nationals number one. So off to a sluggish start. They've got a ton of skill, though, a lot of potential. Um, just lining with what you were saying, I'd really like to see them get going. Tyler Cobb, so we kind of got this Cobb theme going on to start. He goes out and snatches up an open doubles champ and the reigning college singles champ in Kobe Costanza. They're going to be tough. I mean, this is a, a non-standard partnership, um, but they play the same style. They throw similar bags. Um, I think they're going to be really good, but that means we're going to get no no Jimmy Humans in the bracket, which which I'm bummed with. I like to see Jimmy Humans in brackets. Um, caught my eye, too, is Supranit and Upchurch. They could be tough. Upchurch, a previous pro. He won a pro invitational back in 2020 when we were out in Vegas. Um, those two could do some work. I'm really pulling for a Kyle Hutley to pull it together on his home turf with the top pro partner in Alex Hicks. Come on, Kyle. I mean, here's a great chance in this field uh, to do some work and uh, and make a run out of it. Jeremy Frazier and Dave Sutton can win the whole thing. I expect them to be in a bracket final. Um, we've got Dylan Turpin and Ricky, uh, Ricky Gonzalez. That one's going to come down to Gonzalez, um, but they'll be tough in that bracket as well. Kind of the same theme with Morellis and Neistat. That one's going to come down to Neistat. I think they could go really deep. And then just a little bit more time on Moores and Almanza. Coming off a rough doubles finish at Worlds. They ran into Powers and Ruben early in the pro bracket. Unable to get it done on the loser side. They're 57th ranked right now in pro doubles. Way better than that. So I think they're going to come into this pretty motivated. Um, a bracket winner, in my opinion, if the David Moores from Open Number 7 shows up. I mean, he was fired that weekend. They could win the whole thing as well. Um, John Fuentes and Johnny Cox, a really good showing at the kickoff battle. They're on their home turf. They took fifth at the Nationals in their bracket. They could win the whole thing. Uh, you mentioned Little John and Foreman. Surprisingly, as a doubles team, they I knew they were going to do well, but they did surprisingly well. Fifth in their bracket uh, at the kickoff battle. They could go deep. You already mentioned Creek Killer and, and Jacob Foreman. I won't, I won't uh, dwell on that one, but pick them as a bracket winner at Nationals. That didn't happen. Um, they could clearly come out and do this. And then finally, I wouldn't sleep on the young amateur female teens in Maddie McBride and Caitlin Ham. I mean, they're fire. Mish, you got a glimpse of them out in Myrtle Beach. What did you think about seeing them play? Oh, yeah. I, Maddie was dominating, and I didn't get to see her partner play until they got to that just fill-in broadcast, which worked out great. Um, that was super fun to watch. But, I mean, Maddie, to me, is... She's definitely someone to watch. Yeah, they're fire. I'd like to I see them agree. go deep. Me too. Me too. Speaking of sing, uh, going in singles, uh, Maddie being one of them, who else should we watch out for in singles? Anthony, go ahead. All right. What do you think about this singles final? Jordan okay. Power versus Alex Hicks. I kind of think that would mm. be awesome. Um, just kind of running through him a little bit. Jordan got his doubles championship at the last Open but he's due for a singles. I mean, if we look at his open appearances so far, he has three second-place bracket finishes, two third-place bracket finishes. He takes second in his singles bracket in Vegas last weekend at the kickoff battle. He's gearing up to win a bracket, and it kind of feels like that Matt Guy curse is translated to Jordan Powers a little bit. He's on yeah. this second-place run. Um, uh, but Alex Hicks, um, just to speak to him a little bit, undefeated right now in 2022 on his home turf. And we're on his home turf. The kid hasn't lost this year yet. Um, he's he's already got an uh, an open number, or he's already got an open singles championship 
in his back pocket. We saw that epic showdown with Matt Guy um, now at home. I think I think he might be a favorite in this one uh, with Jordan Power right there with him. And some players that we might not know nationally, that could jack up some brackets. you got a Christian Brown that's in that area as well, an elite-level dirty game. The young kid can sling it. And kind of looking at the PDC, we've got a Brian Schramm out there who's explicitly present on social media and proclaims, hey, I have talent to hang with the best. Here's a great opportunity for Brian Sham to show up at this open number eight in this field and show that he does have it. And then the last one for me that most people not, might not know, an Adam Ernest. This dude is sneaky good. Check out this story. This is a really cool story. I'm glad he shared it with me. He's five and two in the qualifier at last season. So not, we're not the qualifier that just passed. Let's go back to last season. He's five and two. Also five and two, Tom Gustafson. They play each other for game eight. Winner goes pro. Ernest is up 19-14. Tommy comes back and wins it, goes pro, and has an unbelievable rookie season. That's how close Ernest was to going pro. So look out for him. He, he's got a really solid game. Uh, some guys that I would expect a deep run in, Noah Almanza, obviously rookie of the uh, in the running for rookie of the year in two of the four opens. He's won his bracket. He's won the whole thing once. We mentioned mentioned Dave Sutton up in the in doubles. OG, he's got an open singles bracket win in his, his back pocket this uh, season so far. He could go deep. Um, Mike Ferreira, Trey, Trey, I kind of feel like Mike is like quiet elite. Like, he's Justin Lang. Mike Ferreira and Justin Lang are the same person, right? They're the same. They're the same person. Like nobody, nobody realizes they've been top twenty five since like ever. It's <laughs> like it just doesn't make sense. Dude finished 13th in singles last season. So he's top 15 finishing off the last pro season. Uh, he had an awesome run at nationals. Number one, he's in the top 10% finishing six in his bracket. But yeah, I, I just feel like he's completely like under the radar. He could come in and make some work. Uh, Creek killer Foreman can go deep Cox and Fuentes in both singles and doubles could go deep. And then check this one out. Trey. I don't know what you think about this one. We got Jeremy Shermerhorn out there. He takes second in his singles bracket at open three. He comes out in Vegas last weekend, makes it all the way to the, the bracket final in doubles. Do you think he's trying to break out, or, or is this just these finishes or flukes maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever I say, he does he, he, he does the opposite. So, I mean, I don't know. What, does he want me to say he's, 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 he's got no chance? I don't, I don't know. I, I, he, is, he is all over the place so, uh, and, and finishes-wise. So, I, I mean – it's just going to be hot or cold. We're going to know early. That's the good news, right? We'll know. We'll know probably eight rounds into it what kind of day Jeremy Shermerhorn's going to have. So he's just one of those players that can be so volatile. Sometimes he's so so good, and sometimes he just doesn't have it at all. It's crazy to have that level of fluctuation that we see in his game at that top level. Yeah, so Misha, good example of huge swings in back to the ceilings and floors. Like he's got potential to throw the best bags and he has the potential to throw the worst bags. So whatever we get yeah. from him at open number eight. That's gotta be so much more frustrating. I feel like than if you were just like at a lower yeah. level and you're just working your way up, I feel like at least you're consistently something and you're like, okay, I'm going to try to increase my ceiling, but to have those swings, that just seems like it would be infuriating. And based on your analysis, Anthony, are you calling for another second place for Jordan Powers? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I guess I kind of was, right? I said uh, Hicks the favorite with Power. Uh, I'd like to see uh, Power win one. He, he's he's definitely – uh, Power got Hicks in uh, Vegas. That's true. 
Good point. There you go. There you go. But we're not on home turf. See, now this is the home field yeah. advantage that we talk about. <laughs> um, any any thoughts to add there, Trey, to uh, the singles side? Yeah, real quick, uh, just a couple. Jalen Jones came up to me in Vegas and said, you know, if if I don't play Matt Guy or Alex Hicks or Trey Birchfield or Cheyenne Renner, I'm going to win my bracket or something like that. Oh, you got that too? Like six people. I got that too. Six people. And I was like, okay, well, that's a very specific list of people that you <laughs> that you are telling me you cannot beat. But, um, you know, fine. I'm paying attention now. You got me paying attention. So I'm paying attention to Jalen Jones this weekend. Um, big eyes for me on Dylan Turpin. Big yeah. eyes for me. Um, we're going to talk about pro ra- power rankings at the end of the show. I'm going to motivate him with my rankings because right now I'm under the, I'm under the belief his top 10 finish, even top three finish, his top 10 finish was a ceiling, right? I want him to convince me through this weekend that it wasn't a ceiling. It was, it was, you know, at the top half, but it wasn't the best that he can possibly be. Right. So I'm just interested to see if Turpin can finish, follow up what he did in Las Vegas with another consistent uh, finish here. This is Alex Hicks and Jordan Powers to lose. If if, if one of them does not win this open, they faltered. That's a big, that should have been your hot take. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess it could have been. It could have been. been. (laughs) Just rewind the tape. Um, all right, let's let's go ahead and bring Mike onto the show for Morton Corner. He's going to uh, introduce some stats to us, uh, specifically talking about PPRs and comparing seasons. So thanks for coming on, Mike. Thanks for having me again. It's a, a great time out in Vegas. Uh, Trey, is that like our third, fourth time out there? We're, we're regulars, it's right? Our fifth. Okay. Fifth time the ACL has been in Las Vegas. I- Crazy. Me and Matthew had a debate. He thought we had been out there three times. I told him I could, I swear I could remember staying at four different hotels out there. I, I want to say we were there four times. So my debut was in Vegas. I'll never forget it. <laughs> oh, the debut. All right. So, so before we get started, I, I owe a huge apology. Shout out to Whitney Martinez. Last oh, yeah, you got called out. Segment. Yes, I, <laughs> I did. Saw that. And, and when I when I am wrong, I will I will admit I am wrong. I, I had mentioned last week I walked in the door and turned turned the camera on and went straight on the air. And in my haste, I overlooked her name. She actually finished in 17th. She is the highest finishing women's player in pro singles. Not in the women's doubles or but in the open division, Whitney Martinez finished in seventh place, 17th place in her bracket. Um, so shout out to her. She did a great job. Um, I did get to see her throwing a little bit. She was throwing some heat. Um, the, I, I do want to reiterate my fact, though, that I, I do think the ladies had a bit of a down tournament. I, I really I know they're capable of much more. I've seen them put forth you know, better finishes. Some of it was the the blind draw aspect of um, the, the the random seating. They a couple of players had some bad draws. Let's be honest, um, but you have to you have to overcome those. And I expect that as we move through the season, the ladies will start finishing better. Um, just as an example, um, you know I'm big on Connie Altice. She threw over a ten in her first game, uh, ten point two four, and lost to Eric Zockline, who threw a ten point seven six. So she lost twenty one to twelve. Um, she did drop off a little bit in her second game, um, but it's it's hard when you throw a 10-2-4 and lose your first game. And then Cheyenne Renner, of course, had a 
murderers row of a bracket. She lost to Alex Rawls in her first game. And then just a few games later, she ran into Trey Birchfield in the loser's bracket. So, you know, some of the finishes can be explained. Sure, I get it. Um, just want to see them do better next time. Overall, there are only seven ladies, and I double and triple check this, seven ladies to finish 32nd or higher in their bracket. So seven women finished in the top half of the field. So I know there's at least a half a dozen more that can finish and should finish higher than that. Um, but I just wanted to, to reiterate that. My point remains the women did struggle last week. I did miss Whitney, and I do apologize. Way to, way to go, Whitney. Hey, Mike, so, just to relate those numbers to overall percentages, I think when we say like seven women, eight women, just how many women are in the league, I want to say we were like 35, 32? 32, 32 right? 32, yeah, 32, exactly. okay. 32 women and seven of them finished in, in the upper half. Again, I know at least a half a dozen, I could rattle off names, that, that realistically could and should be in the top half of the field. Just for whatever reason, had bad draw, had a rough tournament. We all that happens to everybody. So I'm not not picking, but I just want to point it out so that the ladies know that they have some work to do. Absolutely. So, all right. So after having said that, man, the talent out there was ridiculous. I, I it just we say it over and over that we're getting better and we're getting deeper. So I went and I did a little bit of research to see if there were some numbers to back this up. So I went back to last year and I looked up every national and worlds. So four nationals and worlds, five events. And I know that PPR is not always the best stat, but it's a good general stat to show you how, how well people are throwing. And I counted up the number of players that averaged over a 10 PPR last year versus how many averaged over a 10 in this first tournament. Mm -hmm. So um, Trey, Anthony, Mish, I'm putting you on the spot. If you've looked through the stats, you know, in depth, you might have a guess for this year. So I'm going to give you that one. So this year, 18 players averaged a 10 in pro singles, 10 or higher. 10 of them were in one bracket, by the way. <laughs> bracket D yeah. is rough. Yeah. That's but 18 individual players averaged a 10 or better. That's just phenomenal. Um, how many players do you think averaged over a 10 last season for the season? For the now, season? some players did it more than once. I'm just asking how many players were able to crack that at least one time. Are you looking just pro singles? Just pro singles. That's it. Apples okay, to apples. I can't remember if it's two or one, but it was Damon Dennis and either just Damon Dennis or Damon Dennis, and it might have been Matt Guy as well. I can't remember. The, there's actually a lot more. I, I, I was a little surprised. Now, when you there's, I was going to so, say five, but I don't know. I don't have any numbers going out of nowhere. That's the yeah. So, so the to be clear, what I'm talking about is there's four brackets at each national. So that's 16 nationals brackets and then four more for worlds. So 20 brackets. Yep. How many 10, how many players okay. were able to exceed 10? Okay. We're not talking about a 10 average at the end of the season. Correct. I'm okay. talking about oh, oh, Yeah. Oh, I, I thought, I thought, I thought Trey may have misunderstood. So, so how many players, okay. at least one national in a bracket and singles? 
Well, I can speak to, to it because uh, I actually dropped it. I did this, Mike, we're on the same page here. I dropped a tweet a couple days ago. So I compared Nationals number one this season, Nationals number one last last season. You said the 18. This this past weekend, only three had Correct. above a 10 at Nationals number one last season. Yes. So I'd say six. No, overall last year, 23 different players at one point or another. At wow. some point. A 10. Wow. Okay, that's so high. 23. Yes. Now, but consider well, we this. In one open. Right. We're 20% of the way through the season. Okay. And we already have yeah. 18 players that have hit a 10 this year. I was going to say, you really I mean, have to compare national number one this season to national number one last season to get kind of a fairer number. So you're saying three to 18, basically. Right. right. So so to that point, I, I, I did look at that and took it one step further. I wanted to just show our general growth not just season over season, but just progression. So I looked at the four nationals and worlds last year in succession, and here's the number of 10 PPRs, all right? Started off, as Anthony said, with three at the first. Second national and third national, five and five. By the time we got to the final chase, we actually had 13. Then at mm -hmm. worlds, we dipped back down to nine. And then now we kick off this year with 18. So the numbers go 3, 5, 5, 13, 9, 18. I think that that shows a definite steady progression. What about I'm over an 11? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, over an 11 is next. Um, yeah, we're going to have to start talking about that soon. <laughs> I have, I, I, here's, here's another one. Here's another one that's kind of crazy. And I tweeted this out now earlier today. Of if you took the 10 single best performances for PPR at a national, okay, in singles. So um, and a, a player's individual performance across the entire tournament at one event and rank those top 10 all time. Mm -hmm. Seven of them were from the kickoff battle. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Seven of the top 10 performances ever since bag trackers been used. Of course, we only had bag trackers starting about halfway through 2020. Seven. I, I tell you, as you look through people's brackets and I, and I spent a lot of time going through and looking at individual games over the last 24 to 48 hours, just looking at individual games, opening them up and looking at stats. Oh my God. So many people through a 10 over a 10 in their first match of the day or just yep. throughout their day and lost. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I got the list in front of me just in bracket D. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 19 games. Both players had a 10 over a 10 PPR. <laughs> that was just one bracket. Just That's one crazy. bracket. 19 times. And here's the highlight game. Matt Guy and Josh Holland. These numbers. Just, yes. Do you do you know what the PPRs were? No. Josh Holland over what's it? Twenty six rounds. Twenty six rounds. Josh Holland averaged an eleven point zero four, and lost. <laughs> and lost. And lost. That's and lost. <laughs> Matt guy threw an eleven point zero eight to Josh Holland's 11.04.
guys, I tell you, zero I just don't know where this game is going. Because... differential. Yes. 0. Yes. 0.04 yeah. DPR. I'm Crazy. surprised it didn't go 50 rounds. <laughs> yeah, I, it was absolutely nuts. And 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 like I said, I've I've got the sheets in front of me. I, I did not count the exact number, but that was probably the most. But I would bet you there's about 40 games overall that uh, you know at least 40 games overall where players threw a 10, uh, both players threw a 10 or better. Crazy. Unreal. What is this conversation going to be like this time next year? I am dying to know. <laughs> changes, and I laugh and I joke about this. <laughs> Moving the boards back to 30 feet. <laughs> Making the hole a half an inch smaller. I don't know. The, the <laughs> good. I, I, it, it's nuts. You know, when when they started moving the pitcher's mound back and raising the mound and lowering the mound and moving fences in and moving fences out, you know, these guys are just making it look easy out there. So it's crazy. Very, all right, very well, that's all I had, guys. Um, ladies, I want to see you next time with at least a half dozen more finishing up near the top. I know you will. I got faith in you. And um, do it. man, I, I guess what's the over-under for when we get our, our 24th player to average over a 10 this season? Is it going to happen? You know, we only need six more. Is it going to happen at national number two? Absolutely. Has to. Has to. Yeah. No, no question. Has to. I think so too, guys. Thanks, Mike. Great. Thanks, Mike. Right. That's awesome. Talk to you. Moving into news around the league. We had the Mid-South Conference event number one. In advanced singles, uh, just as we were talking about, Matt Guy took first uh, with the crate. What that PPR was over 11. Damon Dennis, talk about losing with a huge PPR. Poor Damon Dennis came in second, but man, did he battle it out for that second place win. And then Austin Slowbomb and Corey Morrison took third for advanced doubles. Matt Guy, Brett Guy took first, second, Austin Slowbomb and Caden Allen, and third, Jake Childs and Carter Bennett. Cool to see Caden Allen on there. I know he's a teen player. Um, fun to see those those youth coming up into the the top of the bracket there. But um, any thoughts about anything that happened in the Mid South Conference, Trey? Uh, I mean, Matt Guy, Damon Dennis game. Matt Guy, uh, Damon Dennis goes up to the boards in the finals. He's ready to go. Single game final. I throw one hundred bags. I throw eighty eight of those 100 bags in the hole and I lose 22 to six. Mm-hmm. I throw 88 not, bags in the hole. Out of not 20 to 21. <laughs> you know, wrong. not a nail biter. 22 to six. 22 to <laughs> six. I think I tweeted out 21 to five. It was 22 to six. So um, what's even funnier is to start the game, Damon Dennis goes up three to zero. He starts the game going three to zero. And then Matt guy says, mm, no more. And hits 86 of 88 bags. Oh my gosh. To end the game, including to win 48 straight. Insane. I, like, I, don't, I don't have any analysis for that. I'm just telling you. That that's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to analyze that. He put a lot of bags in the hole. He put Off to almost you, all the bags. Analysis on that. It's like untouchable, man. It's untouchable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Matt Guy, so if we look at all of his Opens events plus the Nationals, I think that would make eight national-level, well, this would be a conference, but eight big brackets in a row that he's won. So he, he's undefeated at a national.
national open and conference level in bracket play. That's mm-hmm. it's just that's just crazy. Has he had really a double? Di- and I'm oh, I'm putting us all on the spot here. I I can't even th- I don't even think he's had to double dip any of them. Yeah, that's a good not, point. Not that I can recall watching. Yeah, his, I mean, his I, there might be one, but uh, he just doesn't lose. It's crazy. The guy good to see Damon up here, though. Um, you know, I, I, a couple weeks ago we talked about kind of how he was in this downward trend. He took like thirty something at national, so clearly back in the mix. I mean, he came out at nationals number one last last uh, weekend and took fifth in his bracket, right, right behind Jamie Graham. So, Damon Dennis is still in the discussion of you know one of the one of the top players in singles. So I'm excited to see him up there as well. Did you guys see what Damon Dennis keeps his bags in? Keeps his bag no. in? No. Yes. It's like a grocery bag. Not even like the kind you get when you check out. Like the one you put your produce in. Like a, like a plastic <laughs> uh, Walmart like bag green or something? plastic produce bag? <laughs> yeah. Like it, it wasn't green, but it was like super thin. Oh, like it was breaking. His bags produce. were like breaking the bag. I'm like, what? What, <laughs> what is happening? Can here? someone get him a backpack? We need to get him a backpack. Uh, Come on, David Dennis. He's, he's going to start a new trend. Everyone's going to be walking around with produce bags. Exactly. Damon <laughs> it didn't work. They busted open. They're heavy bags. Come on now. All right. Yeah. Moving into high or low. Uh, we're going to take a finish from the national, and then we're going to see if that player will ultimately finish higher or lower in the final rankings or your opinion on that, at least. Um, we're going to start with Alex Hicks, who finished ninth. Trey, do you think uh, higher or low? He's going to finish higher than ninth or, or lower? Yeah, higher meaning better finish. So better finish. Uh, Alex Hicks. Alex Hicks at ninth. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go higher. Um, I think ultimately he finishes maybe in the in the fifth range, uh, somewhere around there. I really like the way he's playing right now. So um, I'll, I'll go higher on on Hicks. All right, Anthony, higher low. Yeah, ninth actually sounds worse than it is. So just to clarify for the viewers, Hicks takes third in his bracket. But because you have four brackets, you have ties in first and second. So um, I see him finishing top four in his bracket again at the next Nationals, ultimately improving his, his number ninth ranking. And I see some – he's going to have a good seed coming in, which, which is going to be a big deal at the next one. So he'll have, uh, you know, some warm-up rounds, if you will. And then some of the guys ahead of him, I can see them kind of falling a little bit. So I'm with Trey on this one. I'm going to go higher. All right. Jimmy Humans finished 17th at the first National. What do you think, high or low? This one's this one's tough um, because I was really high on humans, um, and I still am. I am gonna go higher. Originally, you know, he was trending in the top ten for me, and maybe I back off a little bit on that. Maybe he is really thirteenth, fifteenth, something like that. But ultimately, seventeenth feels a little low to me, so I'm gonna go high on humans as well. Anthony. Yeah, I was I was in line with that at my first thought and you said it right this one's tough i think he's right there um so what ultimately got me to this decision if you look at the list of players right behind him so the guys on his heels behind him trey birchfield isidro herrera devin harbaugh ryan windsor jay rubin so if any one of those guys or a couple of those guys have a little bit better performance it could essentially push him down a little bit i'm gonna go lower but i don't think he's gonna move much a spot or two at the most. That's fair. Jordan Power, fifth, high or low? Oh, I think five is money. Like I think five might be the the answer. I'm going to go, I'm going to go lower. 
Um, just based on statistics, right? I mean, maybe he has a couple bad nationals and brings him along. I'm going to go lower, but I think five is pretty darn close for where we, where we see Jordan Power at the end of the year. Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, impossible to predict this one, flipping the coin. Um, so I kind of did the same rationale. What players are right on his heels that could actually push him down? Josh Holland, Jamie Graham, Damon Dennis, Eric Davis, right behind the five spot. I'm going to say higher on this one. I think the dude is killing it right now. Um, I, similar to what I said earlier, I see a couple spots ahead of him that I think will fall, improving his chances. He's going to have a nice seed. When they go higher on this one, he'll have a good good run at the next Nationals, too. All like right. It. We got Nick Williams, 25th. He was the one I was telling you guys to look out for. What do you think? Yeah. High or low? I'm going to go lower. Um, I think, yeah, I know I just broke Michelle's heart. 25 oh. is a fantastic finish for Nick Williams, and I think he's going to love that. I think ultimately he sits in the 30s. Um, and, and that's a, an amazing accomplishment in this field. 25, if he needs to get above that, it, it just means he has to beat out some players that were top 10 last year that just get yeah. squeezed out of the top 10. And it just, I don't know, 25 is a lot. I'm going to go lower. Anthony. I'm going lower as well. Impressive. No. Run yeah. <laughs> Impressive run by Nick Williams. 25 is the top 10%, you know, 256 players. We're talking about the top 10%. It is stacked around that 25 mark. I hope he proves me wrong. I mean, I welcome it. Bring on the West. Uh, but but I, I think he's going to drop lower in that one. All right. Fine. Chucky Love, number 21. What do you think? High or low? This, this is the hardest one, actually, for me. I Jimmy would agree. Was tough. I think this one's harder because – I just have no idea. Can I bet on Chucky Love just keeping it all together for the entire season, right? Right now, he is so good. So good right now. I'll, I'll take my chance and say higher and say he finishes 19th or something like that, right? I don't think he's top 10. Um, I think he may sneak into a top 20 finish. Um, the safe answer is to go lower, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gamble a little bit and go higher. Okay. Anthony? Exactly what I was thinking. I just couldn't gamble on it, this one. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll gamble that, huh? Yeah. Uh, solid run. For, I mean, he's just throwing really good bags right now. Um, I think after the dust settles, though, around that 21 spot, he's, he's going to be a couple, couple spots behind that one. All right. That's it for high or low. Now we're going to go into your both of your top 10 singles power rankings. So excited to see kind of where you stand now that we've had a few. You know, we had our first national and some other things happen. So, Anthony, we'll start with you. Can you give your top 10 single players coming out of the first ACL national? Yes, you made Anthony go first. Oh, I, I, gotta love go I love it. I love it. Trey, this shit is rough. Like, <laughs> it is um, rough. It's so hard. So I kind of interpreted this one. I'm going to take it with the top 10 right now. Um, maybe not necessarily how I think the season's going to end, but based on performance, what do we have so far? We have open play and we have a nationals number one for the 2022 season. There's 20 to 25 baggers that could easily fit in that, in that spot, but I'm really going to focus on who's hot right now. I spent way much, too much time on this. 
two hours <laughs> I was digging through finishes, who beat who. I re-ranked multiple times, and I'm still struggling with it. But number one's pretty obvious. I mean, after Matt Guy at number one, um, I hate to put rank numbers on him because I really think that the differences are negligible. Um, so my first four, I, I went with returning pros, um, pros that have demonstrated some level of consistency, some level of you know proving talent over last season. So obviously Matt Guy at number one. I still got Ryan Windsor at number two. I'm going with this consistent theme. Um, he did have a rough not, national not number one. Go, Anthony. I know. <laughs> I think he floored. I think he floored at nationals number one. And if his floor is 13th, uh, mm -hmm. that just shows you how high the kid could go. Um, he's going to be my number two. Number three, who wasn't even on my top 10 ranking. We're talking about a guy that was. 20 to 30th at the end of last season. Jamie Graham is throwing really, really good bags right now. In three open appearances, he's won his bracket twice. Takes fourth in his bracket at Nationals. I have him at number three, just in front of Trey Birchfield. So if we look, if we compare those two, Graham won his bracket in open twice. Trey's won his brackets in opens twice, but Graham has two thirds. Trey has two fifths. Uh, Trey had an eighth at nationals. Jamie had a fourth at the nationals. So I feel like Jamie's just barely in front of him right now. So that wraps up my front four. Then I'm going to, then I go on a rookie run. I got four rookies in a row. I cannot help but put Mark Richards at number one, uh, in that string of rookies. And, and these, these next four are going to be really tight. Mark Richards, Josh Holland, Jordan Power, Tanner Halbert, my four rookie run. I think that they're really close, but look at Rich. Richards. He wins an open. He wins his bracket at nationals and he took a second in his bracket at, at his other nationals. So he's only been in three major events. He's either winning it or he's second. I mean, the kid is fire right now. Um, Josh Holland. Um, he wins a bracket at open takes third at nationals. Jordan power. We already talked about him a string of seconds, second, 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 second nationals for three seconds in opens, but he's right there in the mix. And then Tanner Halbert also. I mean, you could you can mix those ones up however you want. Now on my top 10 list, which was right outside of my top 10 list to start the season, hot right now, Cheyenne Renner's got to be in the mix. Um, she has uh, an open. Is that, is that nine for you? That's nine. So number nine, Cheyenne Renner. Three open appearances. Won her bracket three times. She has a rough showing at Nationals, though. She takes 18th. Again, I think that was a floor for her. I mean, just seeing her struggles all weekend, she still was in the mix of her games. I got her at number nine, and the the, the tenth one was rough. Um, I had three guys that were kind of right there in the same. I narrowed it to two. What ultimately ended up deciding my number ten. These guys went head to head at the nationals. Alex Hicks beats Devin Harbaugh in the bracket. I went with Alex Hicks for my tenth spot. He's got an open singles win and takes third in his bracket at, at, at the Nationals to round out my 10. I would have been shocked if Alex Hicks wasn't on there for you. I, I, you yeah, that would have surprised me. I was shocked. I can't wait to just flip everything upside down. I know. I, know. It just, I just started laughing as you were saying things because I'm like, ours are so – not so – I mean, there's a lot of repeat, but there are some key complete differences. Oh, I got to hear him. I got to hear him. But wait, okay. Jordan Power is a, not a rookie, right? Yeah, that was one thing I was going to say. Jordan Power is not a rookie. but Sorry, I, sorry, I, yeah. yeah. You're right. I, 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 I knew you were going with that. Um, okay, go ahead, yeah. Trey. 
All right, so <laughs> this is going to be good. All right, number one's easy. I got Matt Guy, too, so we agree there. Number two, Mark Richards. Hey, wow. I, I had him there. I had him there. Re-ranked him. I, I had him at two, too. He's nasty. I have Mark Richards. Okay, let me just let me say how I approach this. This I went a little bit less analytical. Who are a combination? Uh, who are the best players right now? The best. What does that mean? They're the best players right now, but also they're they're actually doing the darn thing, right? Yep. There's. I'm saying, are you a best player? And then if you are, are you actually showing it? And if you check both boxes, you end up in the top ten, right? Okay. There are some players that I believe are the best players that aren't just doing that right now, and so because of that, and this is just singles. Number three, I got Jordan Power. Okay, yeah. I uh, I just think he's 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 playing lights out right now, absolutely lights out, and and playing at the top of his game. Number four, I have Alex Hicks. I have Alex wow. Hicks all the way up at number four. I didn't see I you doing think that. He is an absolute dominant player. If he doesn't play a Doug Zapt who is white hot at the first national and doesn't play Jordan Power, who I have above him. He might win the whole thing. And he does play Matt Guy, who I have above him, may win the whole thing. Same thing with Mark Richards. If Mark Richards doesn't play Matt Guy, you know, he, he may win. He wins back-to-back events. I mean, he wins Louisville, and then he comes around and, and he wins, you know, uh, well, he did win Louisville, beat Matt Guy. If, if he doesn't play Matt Guy in the, you know, does he win the whole thing when it comes to the first national of the year? Number five. I finally saw this player get back to a form that I was waiting for. And I saw it in Vegas where they turned into a literal machine and it was no hesitation. I wasn't even thinking about it. And every bag was going into the hole. And that was Josh Holland. I have Josh Holland at five. He was just, he was automatic. He gave, he had Matt guy the closest to losing out of anybody that entire weekend. And he should have won that game. I watched it. I called it. I called, I commentated the game. Josh Holland should have won that game. He didn't, and ultimately, Matt Guy advances and wins. Wow. Number six, I had Jamie Graham. Many of the reasons that you said he was—he's—he's he's a really—he's really starting to play well again. Um, it's just a matter of time before we see him in a singles final. Um, it's just going to be a question of, of, of when that actually happens. Here's one that I have on my list that you don't. Oh, first um, one. And this is a player that is the only, I believe he might've been the only player, I have to go back and look at that, to finish both top five in singles and in double. No, he wasn't top five, I wasn't the only player. But besides Matt Guy, Alex Rawls. Alex Rawls played unbelievably well in order to get where, where he was. I think Alex Rawls is back to that form. He had a little bit of a dip and now he's coming back up. He's playing well in opens. He's playing well at the Nationals. Okay. Number eight, I have Trey Birchfield, yep. which is feels like really, really low for Birchfield. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it just he just didn't play well. He didn't. He didn't. Not that he didn't play well. He didn't win like we saw him win. You know, he played well, but sometimes there's an element so you have to win the games, right? Trey Birchfield should be top five, and because he didn't end up winning the games. That's why he's lower on the list. I then have Tanner Halbert at nine. 
I okay. had Tanner Halbert at nine. He finished top five. Again, like Josh Holland, I was waiting for that switch to flip. It was, it didn't. And so, and finally did flip in Vegas. And so now he's at nine and finally 10, Cheyenne Renner because okay. of what she is. So who's not in my list? This is what's more shocking. Duncan Clemmer. I just think he has too much volatility right now. Sometimes he's amazing top five, top three player in the world. Sometimes he's not nowhere close. Too much volatility. Doug Zaft had an incredible run. I think Doug Zaft has earned his way from a top 40 player to most certainly a top 15 player. But if you're going to make my top 10 list, I need consistency. Same reason Dylan Turpin is not in my list. If you want to go from a top 40 player to a top 10 player, I need to see I need to see consistency. I need to see multiple wins there. So they're not ready just yet. The two big ones, I did not have Eric Davis. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I did not have Ryan Windsor. Oh, yeah. Your second place. That's our only difference is I had Windsor. You had Rawls. That was the only difference. Otherwise, we had the same 10. Yep. Yeah, and, but for your Windsor, second you're second to not even be on his list. That's a huge difference. Right. And the difference for me is Windsor has been there all season long in doubles. But I have yet to see Ryan Windsor have a really strong performance in singles. Call it a slow start. Call it whatever you want. But until I see Ryan Windsor put up or shut up in a singles event this season, I can't put him there. Respect. All right. Respect that. Yeah, makes sense. Well, we got to move into our holy hot takes, and uh, we'll start with you, Anthony. All right, all right. Maybe a little extra motivation for Tubby and Tice Uh on this one. My hot take. The young amateur female teens, Maddie McBride and Caitlin Ham, finish ahead of the pro male team, Tubby and Tice. Whoa! Love it. I love that. Let's go. That is is a hot take. I can't wait to see that play out. What do you got, Trey? Um, I am going to go. My bold hot take is uh, how about Jordan Power sweeps the weekend in singles and in doubles? Did I I take yours? Yes. Oh, (laughs) dang it. No, that's extra hot because isn't his partner Shermerhorn? Jeremy Shermerhorn. Because I wanted wanted Jordan Power to really hate Anthony for what he said earlier and really like me, but now. Okay, you want me to change it to somebody else? No, I got got a backup one. Matthew Kriegler sweeps singles and doubles at the (laughs) end of that. I'll give you a super hot one since you took the one I had. How about uh, Matt Guy wins all the nationals? Can't beat him. Wow. Okay, that's that's super hot. That's like white hot. White hot. Wow. There you go. That's all I got for you. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you next time. Enjoy the cornhole coming up this weekend, and we'll see what happens.